So, are you... Oh, fuck! <laughs> Thanks for the 3-2-1-go warning that we normally have. <laughs> There's never a 3-2-1-go warning. Where's the red light? The red light means it's off. Should <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just take my clothes off, leave them over there? Please don't. Okay. Let's have an episode. What? What's the matter? Cold open? That, that was the cold open. <laughs> what, you're just going to leave it me singing in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. In the shower. Yeah, well, I've what? done more embarrassing things than that. Please continue. Let's have an episode. Here we go! What's Our Seat Number? Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the podcast that had better deliver because no amount of clapping will bring us back from where our lack of audience will send us. I'm Johnny Gross, the cute little urchin in the front row, and with me as always is my co-host and brother, the cunning kingfish, the bad barracuda, a man so deep he's almost unfathomable, a man so quick he's even fast asleep, it's polygon manipulator Simon Gross. That was probably the best one you've done ever. I love that one so much. I got I got chills. It's movie news. Movie news. Hello and welcome to the Fleventh O'Clock News. I am your anchor, Wanton Buggery. Today's top stories. Sad duck goes on rampage through waterproof Louisiana after losing in a local game of pickleball. Schmuck goes to town and comes back wet. And aviculturists baffled around the country by farting parakeet in a onesie. It's the muse. Star Wars The Phantom Menace to return this May for its 25th anniversary. I saw this Mm. and I'm pissed off. Why? Because it makes me feel old. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you this. Is that a film where now that you have some distance on it, you'd want to go and see it again in the cinema? I I didn't see it in the cinema because I I don't think I was that aware at the time that it came out of Star Wars. I'd seen all of the films on TV and I didn't didn't have the the excitement that I built up. Only a couple of years after Phantom Menace came out, actually. Um, it It was sort of around that time. I had it on VHS. I bought it on VHS. I liked it then. I thought that there were issues with it, mm. even then. But um, you know, it was what, what was I sixteen? You know, it was uh, it was good. I I, I wasn't I, I, I focused more on the duel of the fates. Yeah. Uh, and Liam Neeson just being all round awesome. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor being all round awesome, and Darth Maul being all round awesome. Uh, and you know, I, I just uh, yeah. I, I think that uh, that even now I watch it and there and I have issues with it and I cringe, but. It's a fun time. It's is a fun it time. something you'd want to go and see in the cinema? Like you'd see this as a second... Uh, I would second probably round. go and see any Star Wars movie in the cinema, quite honestly. I'm a Star Wars fan. You'd go and see anything in the cinema. No, not anything, but I'm a Star Wars you fan. You wouldn't go and see Shoot 'em Up again. That would... No, no. I'd I say I'm, I'm all right with The oh, Phantom sorry. Menace, but uh, I, I think I think nowadays when I, when I watch everything through, Attack of the Clones irks me a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it's the weaker of the three. Yeah. For sure. I don't have nearly as many problems with Phantom Menace as other people do. Yeah. Item two. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if this is news, but it's an interesting thing to talk about, I think. Um, Henry Cavill says he doesn't understand his sex scenes and thinks they're overused. 
And that's interesting to me because it is really quite a thing with him that you don't really see him in a lot of those. Um, and uh, I always wonder when actors, especially actors who have been in nude scenes, mm-hmm. I'm always curious. James Fraser. Yep. I'm curious when they say things because he says something a little later on in the uh, in the article that I read that there are circumstances where a sex scene actually is beneficial to a movie rather than just the audience. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes there are views. I- I'm just cu- always curious what those circumstances are where a sex scene is actually beneficial to a movie with people's, you know, nads and tads hanging out. I would say this. Nads and tads. That's the name of my bar. Nad- nads and tads it sounds like the name of your autobiography. <laughs> I have an opinion on this. I would, I would answer oh, that's that. that's a shame because that's not what we came here for. Item three. <laughs> <laughs> I would answer that by saying, what's the reason for having a car chase? What's the reason for having a dance scene? What's the reason for having a, a martial arts scene? Mm. It's, uh, unless it's used gratuitously, and, and the same applies for all of the above, by the way. Yeah. That if there's no propellant within those scenes for the story and for the characters or for some kind of uh, fear or excitement or suspense or gratification or whatever it is then then it's kind of useless if you're gonna you know turn around and say well it's just titillation then you know if you're being upfront about it then then great it's a movie that is specifically designed to titillate you like for example a porno Mm. um which is why uh, my dad wrote a porno belinda blinked is uh, is baffling and hilarious yeah but um but i i would say that something like um all of the sex scenes in uh, basic instinct for example have a purpose and have some kind of dramatic reasoning to them like the uh, the the power dynamics between michael douglas and sharon stone and the suspense of is she or is, isn't she going to kill him the way that she did at the beginning have you seen oppenheimer no so there are a couple of sex scenes in Oppenheimer that are there for a specific purpose. Which are? For example, there's a sex scene between Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh, which establishes their relationship. And then later on, when Oppenheimer is in the hearing, there's a hearing that's kind of examining his communist connections and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and he's being grilled about his relationship with, uh, with Florence Pugh's character. There's a sort of pan behind Jason Clarke's body Hmm. and then it reveals the two of them having sex and his wife is sitting behind him and all of these men sitting around the table and it's just basically him literally being laid bare Hmm. and being being made to expose his deepest darkest secrets in front of this committee and it's just it's a truly uncomfortable sequence Hmm. and i watched it with my mother-in-law sitting next to me and she laughed nervously (laughs) which i guess is the it's 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 it's, it's my response. Well, it's my comeuppance. Um, I I deserved it for going to see that movie with my in-laws, uh, but yeah, I I thought that it was a very well placed scene and it really enhanced the uh, the the discomfort Would that Oppenheimer that scene may have, have been feeling without the scene earlier in the movie that you were talking about. So that's why that's why I mentioned the scene earlier in the movie. It's an establishment of that. Mm. I think it's uh, I think it's something that you're kind of in, unless you've seen it then you can't really sort of recall it as if it's your own memory. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that's what he's that's what he's doing in that sequence. And I feel like if somebody commits a, a heinous crime and then you see them, like for example, in Primal Fear, you don't see anybody committing the crime. You see like a, a hand like stabbing at the priest. Mm. But then the entire movie is Richard Gere defending this seemingly innocent boy. You as the audience, you haven't seen him do it. Therefore, you can't, 
you can't judge. Yeah. You haven't been given that sort of uh, that prejudice to judge. But if you had seen it, you would have known. Okay, this guy's innocent the entire way through. So it's something about playing with the audience's perception. Mm. But I do think that sex scenes do have their place, and there is definitely a credible argument to be made for essential to the story. Most of the time, though, it's gratuity. Like for example, when uh, Halle Berry pulls down the book that she's reading. She's sitting on a, on a deck chair outside mm -hmm. and she pulls down the book she's reading, bears her breast for Hugh Jackman and he's all kind of like, uh, uh, um, um, well. Um, so, okay, you could make the argument that that was in order to make him uncomfortable. Here's, a, here's this beautiful woman's bare breasts. Mm. But, um, but at the same time, it wasn't necessary. You could have made him uncomfortable in a different way or he didn't need to be uncomfortable in that particular moment because earlier on in the movie, he's being given a blowjob while having a gun held to his head and being told to, uh, to break a coat. Yeah. Uh, which to me is a much more effective use of sexuality in order to intimidate a character so yeah i i, I do think i that see what you're saying the, the my two, my yeah. my point about this whole thing is i i understand all of that mm -hmm. my question is are actors aware of that because you hear the you hear the phrase a lot you know all the sex scenes were really important to the story and it feels like something a canned response it feels like something that a lot of actors say and they can't necessarily back it up with the way that you are in, in these, like I heard, I heard about the Oppenheimer uh, sex scenes. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I also saw, you know, they were writing about, oh, it's, it's necessary to the story. And now that you've explained it in detail, it makes sense. But at the time I was thinking, well, if, if Christopher Nolan puts a sex scene in his movie, which he never does really, yeah. um, then he's probably got a reason for it. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> I like oh, that. I wanted to answer that, that point though. Oh yeah, go on. I think that when you're listening to an actor on the press circuit mm. in the wake of the, or in the lead up to the release of a film, uh, they are being told what to say. And there are certain things like, for example, um, don't worry, darling. There was a huge controversy about yeah. the sex scenes, but it was controversy that was generated by the studio because they wanted people to see the movie. Uh, and the same thing with the Oppenheimer sex scenes. The Oppenheimer sex scenes are very brief yeah. And not particularly uh, gratuitous, but they made a really huge deal out of it. Warner Brothers made a really huge deal out of it before, uh, you know, before it was released. Uh, so I, I would say that, uh, that a lot of those responses are stock responses. You can't really take a, an actor's word on the press circuit as read. Right. You need to wait until, until the dust is cleared and they start talking about how monstrous their co-star was or something. That was the news. Movie news. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hyperbolic Bollocks, the new sensation that is sweeping the nation. Hyperbolic Bollocks is the very first nonsensical trailblazer. Confused? I am too. Hyperbolic Bollocks, when exaggerating about the size of one's bollocks, is just another day at the Super Bowl. Hyperbolic Bollocks, strangle a pauper and find out about their bollocks and see if you get a golden ticket. Hyperbolic Bollocks. If the world flooded tomorrow, it wouldn't matter to a duck. Special discounts for residents of Waterproof, Louisiana. What just happened? <laughs> so I think I had a stroke last night. You might have done. <laughs> and I was sitting there at my computer and I was typing this up. And I just like said, this is a funny name to me. Hyperbolic bollocks. Yeah. Yes. It's your brand of bollocks, Angel. And I, it was hyperbolic, hyperbolic bollocks. Mm-hmm. And then I thought bollocks was funnier. Bollocks. 
And then I just said, I can't think of anything to go with that. So I'm just going to write a whole load of random things and I'll pick a couple and I'll see if I can connect them in some way and make a meaningful, uh, and, uh, and it just, it just carried on. As you can see, it just went on for a bit. And then, uh, and then I just, just sort of copped out at the end and, 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 and just stopped and said, that'll do. That'll do, pig. Yeah. All right. Today's movie is. You want to do the, uh, the introduction to him? What? Just do this me introduction. Go on. <laughs> Good morning, Neverland. I would like... I'm going to explain what I want from you. Mm, all right, okay. I want that whole thing. Okay. Okay, I want Good Morning, Neverland all the way up to... Okay? Mm-hmm. So, listener, sit back. Because what's about to happen is he's going to do that and then there's probably going to be a soundbite of exactly that same, <laughs> thing, same thing twice in a row. So you just sit back and relax. Jonathan Gross. Good morning, Neverland. Good morning, Mr. Smee. Tie down the main mask, mateys. Because <laughs> here he is, the cunning kingfish, the bad barracuda, a man so deep he's almost unfathomable. Huh? A man so quick... He's even fast asleep. <laughs> Thank you. Now let's give him a very big hand, because he's only got one. <laughs> I give you the steel-handed stingray, Captain James Howe. <laughs> and here's <laughs> that same <laughs> thing again. <laughs> Enjoy. Good night! Mask mateys, because here he is the cunning kingfish, the bad barracuda, a man so deep he's almost unfathomable, a man so quick he's even fast asleep. Thank you. Now let's give him a very big hand because he's only got one. I give you the steel handed stingray. Captain James Howe! I thoroughly enjoyed that. What about you, listener? Did As you have I was saying, <clears throat> today's movie is Hook. 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 Directed by the great Steven Spielberg. So my wife had laser eye surgery last week, and she has not been able to watch the television. The television. So I have been watching films in the evenings by Amy Lonesome, and I decided that I was going to watch lots of Steven Spielberg movies because Cy and I uh, decided that we were going to do Hook, and we decided that we were going to do Tintin. Tonton. I, tonton. Tintin. 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 And I just sort of went off on one. I watched Catch Me If You Can, and I watched The Terminal, and I watched... What the fuck? Really? You didn't tell me you watched I watched War Horse, and I watched Hook. uh, And what else did I manage to think in there? Bridge of Spies I watched as well. Mm. So I've been on a bit of a Steven Spielberg kick. so many questions. And so today's quiz... Yes, what? Sorry, I don't want to derail you. It's just I'm really interested about... Because you... you, You're watching all these Steven Spielberg movies. Yes. Spielberg brings tears to my eyes mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. curious which one of these hit you the hardest this time around i would say hook yeah probably it because hit me super it's hard. in the, it hit me in the same way that uh that mark strong hits 
that Bundy in uh, in what's it called in rock, uh, and, rock roller. and roller yeah and Danny. he slaps him with the back of his right hand and he Slap sends him, him back to school now if you can master a slap like that there's no need for your clients to walk back they're transported back to their childhood ask Bandy look thinks he's back at school but he never went to school though Arch you want to slap as well Daniel so I got sent back to my childhood with Hook and uh, it was a bit emotional I have to say yeah, me too and for some reason it turned me into Josh Whittaker I don't oh, know why <laughs> I guess I'll turn into uh, what into Greg, Greg Davis, Davis. <laughs> pants so today's quiz is going to be on the theme no pun intended of one of Steven Spielberg's most regular collaborators so uh, this Jean is the William. Jean Williams quiz so, oh, I'm going to fuck this up so badly and then I'm going to hate myself. So are you going to play me? I'm going to play you a snippet. Oh, no. And you have to tell me the film. I'm going to suck at this. Okay, go on. And the bit it comes from. Okay. And these are all scores by John Williams. But okay. are they also Steven Spielberg collaborations? Not all. Mm, Not that's all. an interesting wrench you're throwing he in there. He has a little bit of a twisty poo. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you ready? So yeah. here we go. Your first clue. Uh, I know it. Of course you do. This is awful. <laughs> this is the worst thing. Do you want me to give you a clue? I don't know. It'll help. Go on. I will tell you the name of the track. The track is called Leaving Home. Mm-hmm. One of John Williams' most famous and beloved scores from the 70s the late 70s mm-hmm. leaving home leaving home it's not close encounters no no <clears throat> that was rude <laughs> go, on. go on the track is called leaving home and is from the soundtrack of superman and here is a little bit more of it for your listening pleasure He has such a Would you have got it if you would have uh, if I would have played you more of it? No, I don't think so. It's it's one of those moments in Superman that doesn't sit that firmly in my brain. Um, really cuz to me it's not part of the main body of the movie like the you know the the Otis theme mm-hmm. or the Superman theme itself or Superman. the or the love theme or whatever. So that's why I chose things that are a little bit more niche within movies that we know. Mm. Okay. I don't think I'm going to get any of these. Yeah, mm. you will, you will. Here's another one. That's an easy one. Come on. Johnny, this is like, it's like little obscure snippets. Come on. I'll play it again. Go on. I well, don't if I made it help. easy. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no. Go on. Could this be fucking is, anything. This is a Steven Spielberg film. Mm. So this is Indiana Jones. No? No. Then what is a Steven Spielberg film that is also... Oh, no, there are tons. Johnny, this is too hard. Okay, if I... No, no, no. Shush, I'm not going to... Rev- just shush. No, it's not, it's not that. You know what I need? What? I just need a list of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> of course you do. Series. Of course you do. But you're going to kick yourself. I, I'm not going to tell you the name of it. I'm just going to play you the, uh, the the extended version and let's see if you can get it from that. Oh, fuck's sake. 
No clue. No clue? No. It's E.T. Can I confess something to you? You haven't seen that in a long time? I don't think I've seen E.T. since I was a kid. I'm not even talking like when we moved here. I'm talking pre that. Okay, so Tintin and then the next one is E.T. I don't think we should play this game anymore. <laughs> okay, this one, I please God. <laughs> It just all sounds like John Williams to me. <laughs> like it's, it's not like. Uh, shall I let you figure it out on the extended version or no? No. It is in fact. Is it in fact? Minority Report. Mm. Not even recalling it. Not even recalling it. Is it the chase, like, when yes. they're chasing him with the jetpacks? Yes. No, not the jetpacks. Oh, it's it the, the bit cars? just after that with the cars. Yeah, yeah. Mm, shit. In the, in the car factory where he's doing that really cool thing with the weapon, with yeah, the flipping weapon. I, I just need to ask. Yes. If it was turned around, would you get these? Yes. Like, from these tiny <laughs> Yes, I would. It just shows how many more times you've seen these movies than I have. I, I, also, I also listen to the soundtracks independent of them but anyway yeah this is really pointless let's let's play a new game it's, no. it's which ones which ones can you I spent so much time <laughs> planning this. you must be so upset with yeah, me i am okay this one i i know for sure i'm just like can i have the extended Oh, it's a uh, home line. Ah, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> we got one. We got one. You're being so mean to me. <laughs> Why am I being mean to you? <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Okay. Well, because well, the next quiz that you do on Tintin, I might. The next quiz I do with Tintin is in, designed in absolutely no way for you to actually get it. Like it's 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 simply for our amusement. Okay. So it's it's much like the arachnophobia one. Star Wars. It is Star Wars. Which one is it though? Where are we? Question. Where are we in Star Wars? Where are we in Star Wars? Is this the um the third one? Third what? Revenge. No. No? I'll tell you what trilogy you're in. Mm. That'll help. It's the not se- the original. It's the sequels. It's not the original. It's the sequels. Mm-hmm. So I've only actually, seen those in the cinema. Actually, but... it appears in all three of Does the sequels. Really? So I've got, yeah. I, don't, I'll just I wouldn't tell you. know exactly which it, one it's it is. It is the resistance theme from mm. the sequels. Okay. Do you listen to, did you listen to these soundtracks as well? I'm curious. To the to the new like the I, pre- sequels? I I did, but I knew them from the movies because when when I saw Force Awakens it was a new mm. theme and then when I saw Last Jedi it reoccurred and I recognized it and then it got burned in my brain. What's it, like the way that these like little 
musical riffs work in my brain is mm-hmm. that I know them and it's like... You can't um, identify it, them? It, no, it's kind of like once I start watching the movie, then I'll be humming all of them for weeks afterwards, but then they'll fade and then I'll watch a different one. Right. And then that, those will... Like, you know, the theme from uh, The Terminal... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall it, but you'll sing the opening bars and then the whole thing will come back to me, right? Right? So it's there. Yep. It's just like I can never put the exact thing to the thing. <laughs> okay, we only got 75 more to go. I want to kill myself. <laughs> Takes place at sea. Steven Spielberg movie. That's oh oh Jaws. Correct. <laughs> Great. There was only one. Next one. It's a love theme. It's also early Spielberg, and you mentioned it earlier. Oh, Close Encounters. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's another one that I haven't seen. I, I saw that when we moved here, though. It's a gorgeous score. Oh, yeah. The thing is, you know, I was like a few weeks ago, I was going, hey, I'd really like to watch Close Encounters. And I need to just make a list of the ones I haven't seen since I was a kid. And just we, need to, we need to do a Spielberg refresher course for you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is uh, the from the star wars mm-hmm. is from the original trilogy correct yes mm-hmm. isn't that the end of empire no well yeah where he's in the puts right, his, he puts his arm around her shoulder no no you're in the you're in the right movie it it, it is a theme that oh, belongs the... to someone mm-hmm. oh yoda yes yeah. correct that's it yeah it's like it's all coming back Can't use any of this. <laughs> yeah, but I lay it on top. No, I mean you can't use any of the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one you. <laughs> Snape. No, it's Snape. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's. <laughs> What it's haven't very we? Similar. What Spielberg? No, no, shush, shush, shush. Haven't we touched? I'm just thinking yet? of John Williams. Mm-hmm. Think of Spielberg. What haven't we touched yet? Indiana Jones. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> There's a shush. punch. Is that what? Where he takes the cost, the outfit? Close. Is he is punching no. a Nazi in this in this scene. Well, in which <laughs> bit isn't he? So that narrows it down to two. Shut up. It's Raiders. No. No. 
Last Crusade. Yes. And it's... Uh... I'll, I can do one like hand no, gesture don't, and don't. you'll get it. Go on. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it I'm is so indeed... so angry it's the blimp. <laughs> it is no indeed... No ticket. No ticket. Ugh. not hear how similar that is to the Snape theme. There are so many similar motifs in Yeah, his. composers tend to nick from, from themselves. But yeah. Okay, this is the last one. And here we go. Catch me if you can, and he's putting all the envelopes and the whatnots on the envelopes. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like uh, forging. That is correct, and I've accidentally played you the extended version instead of... But I got it immediately. <laughs> yeah, very good. Excellent. Very well done. Okay, and that was the John Williams quiz. You don't need to laugh about it. <laughs> Such a cock. <laughs> the shoe's on the other foot. You're like, I'm very nice to you. Yeah, all right, all right. Not really. Fear of M's. <laughs> Fear of M's. Soda. Well, after all that... We're finally going to get around to talking about the movie. Today's movie was Hook. Yeah, that's right, Terry. <laughs> First of all, let's talk context. Context, okay. For me, Hook has just always been around. I don't remember when the first time I saw it was. I don't remember. It's just always been there. Right. Well, for me, I, uh, I saw it in the cinema. Oh, you lucky bugger. I saw it in the cinema with my sister. And I remember, I don't know why I'm talking like this. I'd like to stop now, please. Because I Do don't... I need to hit you with something? Throw a coconut at you? I don't know. I hope not. Japan the man. <laughs> Catch this. Right. Um, yeah, no, so I saw it with my sister. I can't stop. Can I can't... you not just say, I saw... Watch me. I saw... I saw it with my sister. I saw it with my sister. Oh, I've seen it with my now? sister. <laughs> see, it's impossible to say that. I oh, saw seen it, it with my sister. I seen it with my sister. I don't know why. So I saw it with my sister what has happened to you? I just, I'm just not going to say that sentence. Yeah, I saw. I, I remember seeing all of the the trailers and getting excited about it, and seeing the pictures and the papers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Very exciting, and I remember loving it. And I, I sent you a video last night of the VHS which I found yeah. digging around in all the boxes. The original VHS that I had with the can hear original, it rattling around in there. Yeah, yeah, with the original poster on the front and the green box. I remember there was a period of time. Where, where after I got that VHS, I would watch it literally every day. Over and over and over and over and I'm over sure again. you did. And that's my, that's my context. When I was a kid, I used to always fast forward to when he gets to Neverland. And I think this is the first time where I've watched it. And I haven't felt like I needed to be doing something else during that opening. Mm. I, was, I was riveted... From the moment I started, I was, I haven't seen a Spielberg movie like Hook where I haven't seen it, you know, I've seen it a lot of times when I was a kid, but in recent memory, like I watch, you know, Indiana Jones once a year, something yep, like yeah. that, um, you know, and same with, you know, other movies like Star Wars, I'll watch Star Wars every couple of years or Back whatever, to the future. You know, Back to the Future, yeah. yeah, all of them, but Hook, I haven't seen it in my adult years as much and definitely not since becoming a parent and and it yeah, just, it, yeah. I was absolutely, I loved every single second of it. And do you know what's so 
fucked up. What? I finished the movie and immediately started it again. Really? I watched it twice in a row. Really? Yeah. I loved it that much. What were you doing for five hours? No, like, obviously I'm watching the movie on my phone in pieces, right? So oh, don't say that. Yeah, yeah. The first time I watched it was in pieces, and then the second time it was like I had finished it in an evening, like at the at the beginning of the evening, and I was like, I'm starting that again. And I just watched it straight through again. Okay. So I'm going to play the trailer. This is the trailer. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to play the trailer. This is the trailer. <laughs> I'm going to play the trailer now. Oh, you will? Here it is. Here. Here's the trailer. The stories are true. He's come back to seek his revenge. Only you can save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Where are we going? To Never Never Land. I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. I don't know if it's because of the, the, the sort of the pirate thing. So it's like kind of, hello, I'm a friendly pirate. That's not what Arr, pirates sound Shiver like. me timbers. Um, <laughs> or if it's something to do with the fact that I watched War Horse last week. And there I was, think that's more likely. That's more, he's my horse, sir. He loves him, he does. Um, so there you go. If there's anybody here from Somerset... Get here I, quick. I apologise profusely, but I can't seem to stop. I don't know why. Tommy? Yes. Look at me. Yes. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> we'll Come here, why don't you have a cuddle? You oh. want a kiss? There you go. Oh. Have a cuddle. There you go. No, 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 no. Too far. Step back. Step, step, back. step back. All right. right. So... Here's, here's a tissue. Okay. Wipe yourself off. I, I will... I will... Uh, yeah. <laughs> The first thing I wrote is, the two kids remind me of my kids. I just feel that uh, that they're you know the two characters are at the same distance in age mm. as my kids, but a little bit older. Mm -hmm. So I, I can easily apply that to them. That, that was the first thing that I noticed, and the cheesy music at the uh, beginning. My um my first note is, God, I hate the music in this play. Oh, being in the a play. Being oh, right. a parent in the audience, I might have slashed my wrists. Right. I mean, I enjoyed every minute of the movie, but I did write that. A children's hospital is dedicating an entire wing to Granny Wendy. Brad. Peter, yes. you're missing it. All right. Want a meeting tomorrow, AM? Dad, my game. You promised. Listen, it's my son's big game. Last game of the season, Santa series. I gotta be there, I promise. So, we'll make it a short meeting. I'll be there, my word is my bond. Okay. 
the play is interesting because that that whole sequence where Peter's on the phone mm-hmm. and he's promising to Jack that he's going to be at his game and my he won't miss it. My word is my bond. And the way that she says, Peter, you're missing it. It reminds me sometimes of uh, where Mich and I will kind of call each other out mm-hmm. for being on our phones yeah. when we're either spending time with each other or we're spending time with the kids. Uh, it's interesting that uh, in in the in the early 90s or probably the late 80s when this was filmed uh that that nothing much has really changed with technology isn't that incredible though yeah it's yeah. interesting because it's the same it's the same family dynamic as uh, as you as you would have now it's just nowadays you you've got people scrolling on on facebook instagram. or instagram or whatever it is i wrote about the cheesy music at the beginning which has got this kind of ding 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 yeah, it's got this kind of eighties piano y. Yeah. Jazzy, sort of it's this kind of thing bluesy. that you would expect to find in, you know, The Secret of My Success or Cocktail or something like that. Mm. Just like it just sounds very eighties. It sounds very uh, almost like sitcom y even. Uh, just uh, just the way that that's done. I, I wouldn't change it for anything, obviously. It called up to me just good. the the mundanity. Yeah, it could like, be that. Yeah. So it, it's so funny, the transition. Not funny, it's so genius the manipulation of music for yeah. elation versus yeah. boredom it's just so good the score anyway yeah. continue so the the sequence with the baseball i i noted that he's going to miss the the game mm-hmm. and jack's really distraught about it and he's his performance is uh, is suffering because mm-hmm. he notices that his dad's not there and he's doing this this really important deal and he's walking down the corridor and he's like okay walk with me and they do that uh, that sort of Aaron Sorkin like walk and talk kind of thing down the corridor and then they have this 20 minute conversation with a cell phone yeah they have this like cell phone match where they where they have to where they where they're trying to see who's who draws quicker you know like a kind of a cowboy thing banning And I just thought to myself, if you're really committed to getting to your son's game, why are you fucking around with your cell phones with Brad? Well, that's the point, is that he's not committed to going right. to his son's game. And then he arrives and he's like, oh, everybody's gone. <laughs> oh, there's this, it, it, it felt on purpose to me. Like, you know, there's when you're really trying to leave work and people are stopping you. But no one was stopping no, him. No, no one was stopping him at all. He's just like mucking around with his yeah, mates. It feels exactly. like it feels like he's got this other life and he would prefer to be there. You know? yeah. I just felt that in general, the setup's really great. Uh, I felt that the family dynamic was really realistic post being a parent. I think maybe the last time I saw this was before my son was born so it would be pre six years ago yeah that's quite a long time ago actually now that i think about it and i i really felt it when he yelled at the kids to shut up mm-hmm. what's the club Hello. report i thought we had these guys what did they find peter that's a portable cozy blue owl well listen Tell them there have always been casualties of evolution. Ask them if anybody misses the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, I do. Why do I ever? Wow. Kidding? Oh, wait a minute. You're telling me a 10-inch owl has a 50-mile mating radius? Why don't they just fornicate someplace else? You're telling a $5 billion deal falling apart because of this? Why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head? Bang! Bang! Well, everybody just shut up! I'm sorry. 
and leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life. Because that happens as well. You know, when you're... Yeah. Like, sometimes I bring them home from kindergarten and Mich is with the kids and I'm in the office and I'm trying to get a couple more hours work done before they go to bed. And uh, and it's, it's very seldom that, that I actually do this because I do want to be with the kids more than I want to, you know, go back to work after they come home. And sometimes they're running in and out and they're screaming and I'm like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens. And she actually, you hear her. Like, she says there are, she so, says, many there are so many other house. rooms in this house. You can go anywhere. Right? I read something into that. I was like yeah. watching the scene and he, you know, he could definitely go to another room. Right. But I feel like there's something he's, repressed he's so... that he wants to be in the nursery. It reminds yeah. him of when he was like, there's something in his memory that brings him back there. And that's what's keeping him in that space. And then I was also like, thinking of the kids how they were like you know playing and making this noise and that noise while you're on the phone or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it when you're trying to concentrate that. on something mm-hmm. yeah and so also I identified the, with him as well. that's the thing that's what that's what freaked me out about it was that i identified with him and, and then, i agreed with her when she gives him a dressing down about yeah. it when she says that uh, you know the you know, we, we have a few special years with our children and then we're going to be running after them for attention we have a few special years with our children when they're the ones that want us around after that, you're going to be running after them for a bit of attention. So fast, Peter. It's a few years, and it's over. And you are not being careful, and you are missing it. And I thought that that was, that was very poignant and very real yeah. for, a, for a movie that's supposed to be a kid's movie. And in the same way that I felt about the family dynamics in E.T., mm-hmm. that the, they're very real and that the father's left and he's like shacking up with, uh, with, with his new wife in Mexico and the way that the kids react to that and the way that Elliot is seeking a, a connection. Like even when Spielberg makes a movie that is considered to be critically a dud, I feel like there is a quality an innate quality in the filmmaking that he always has the best intentions. He always does the hardest work that he can possibly do to make the best movie he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And if if there was nothing else to him, if there was no no talent and and none of the genius that uh, that I could go on for fucking hours talking about, um, that the at least that that in in uh, in and of itself is that he really works very 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 hard to uh, to create a story. And a set of characters that are believable and three-dimensional and that uh, that he reaches deep within himself and deep within his own past and his own history in order to create something that resonates with the audience because it resonates with him. Have you also noticed how, and everything you're saying there is just like big fucking round of applause. Like thank absolutely. You, thank you very much. Like absolutely. Round of applause. Thank really, you. really. But like, have you noticed that all of the familial kind of relationships, yeah. right? They are sometimes, um, you know, steeped in in the sort of causality and the magical elements of, yeah. like, you know, his movies. Like even, you know, something, I'll talk about it later, but like there's something in Hook that I felt was a really interesting connection that sort of ping-pongs through the, the years of, of his life, right? Right. Um, and, and it's all to do with his family. It's that need to escape. Yeah, but you know... In Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. What breaks Frank in the movie? Divorce. No. What breaks him at the end, what makes him want to give himself in is when he meets, right after he meets with his dad. Mm-hmm. Right? And kind of the way that his dad isn't proud of him. Right. Where are you going tonight, Frank? Where are you going? Where are you going tonight? 
someplace exotic? Where are you going tonight? Tahiti, Hawaii? Like, it's, it's, it, it's this thing that, you know, that's what he was chasing the whole movie. Right, his father's, you know, his father's, his father's approval, approval and yeah. to be like his dad and right. to be successful sometimes in a way that his dad wasn't right um and to continue playing that game and chasing that fantasy because he didn't want to deal with the reality of of his right you know press and it's just this motivating fact it, you know you have relationships in movies like you know it could be a romantic relationship or it yeah. can be you know and and they all have motivators but some of spielberg's relationships just are a complete you know fireball through the movie it's incredible well that's the thing is that um that that phone call that he makes to hanratty on christmas eve Mm -hmm. and hanratty laughs at him and he hangs up you didn't call just to apologize did you (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) you you have no one else to call (laughs) he's looking for a father figure in Hanratty, uh, there are fathers and sons all over Hook. There's a yeah. relationship between Jack and, and Peter. There's a relationship between Peter and Hook. There's mm-hmm. a relationship between Jack and Hook. There's a lot of that going on, and Spielberg's got daddy issues. Peter That's just, to, the, just the way it is. Peter Rufio. Peter to Rufio, yeah. All the Lost Peter Boys and Peter. Peter and the Lost Boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of that going on, and people might say that there's too much of that going on. Disagree. But, uh, yeah, anyway. It's great. But, yeah. The abduction sequence Mm -hmm. Post being a parent Terrifying Absolutely fucking terrifying I'm curious which bit frightened you The the bit where the uh, Where the covers fly off them and they scream I was scared When the parents came home The children were screaming No I mean yeah It's awful It's awful But they walk in And there's that slow dawning realization That someone's broken in And they go the children Right And they run up the stairs and that moment of panic yeah. of not knowing what's going on, I was like really upset by it. And then, yeah, yeah obviously, the children were screaming. <laughs> oh my God, the children. The whole sequence is effective, but it's like that moment is really strong. So I've written here, I don't get the green light or exactly how Hook gets to the real world, but the abduction scene and the subsequent aftermath scene where the Bannings return home to find the devastation is terrifying, mm-hmm. even more so now as a parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, pretty wrote much something similar. Pretty yeah. Much what I wrote. yeah. Dear Peter, your presence is required at the request of your children. Kindest personal regards, Jess. Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Hawkey's back. Who? Phil Collins. (laughs) One does. Of course, you know, it is entirely possible that this whole thing is some kind of ridiculous prank. My children are missing. Yes, but the literary history of the family and everything suggests that... Well, let's hope so. I've forgotten how to fly. 
one does. One does. Forgotten how to fly. Yeah. You know when somebody's died, mm-hmm. and everybody's sitting there, sort of with the ash in their mouth, sort of. Right. Like... There's a, when something horrible happens, and you're living it. You're all sitting. And shit your up. your own. Yeah. Exactly. Your own your own house becomes hell. Yeah. And your your mind becomes hell because you can't forget what's just happened. You can't let it go for a second just to be, you know, calm enough to sleep. And I there's think we've both such been a wonderful like that very 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 uh, recently. Yeah, exactly. There's a a wonderful performance by uh, Catherine Goodall who plays uh, who plays Moira. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I feel like she is um, she's one of the MVPs of the movie, but she's got such a thankless role as the wife. Yeah. And she doesn't get to go to Neverland. She doesn't get to play. Uh, you know, she doesn't get to fly, fight, or crow. So, yeah. it's. I, but I think that the way that she plays it just sort of sells the devastation of it. You know, and I, I, I just really appreciate that moment where she's sitting there looking off into space when, when Phil Collins is uh, is sort of like getting ready to leave. And, uh, and also when she's lying in bed in a sort of fetal position yeah. next to Granny Wendy. Um, I, and then, you know, Granny Wendy asks her to go and make some tea. So there's that, uh, there's just, she's just in, without saying a word, she's just brilliant. I, I felt that she was excellent. Agreed. That. I was, uh, thinking that perhaps Granny Wendy didn't really need a cup of tea, but she was trying to give her something to do. Yeah. But also That's she wanted nice. to talk to Peter. Nothing we can do. The police will do everything. The police can do nothing. Really? Maybe we should call the American police. In, in a crisis, we English always make a cup of tea. Moira, would you? Tea? Yes, of course, Grant. Don't forget to warm the pot. Which brings me to my next comment, which is, Granny Wendy kind of came on to Peter then for a second. Just a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable. When I was young, no other girl held your favour the way I did. I half expected you to alight on the church and forbid my vows on my wedding day. I wore a pink satin sash. But you didn't come. Grandma? Yes, I I was an old lady when I wrapped you in blankets. A grandmother. Her relationship with him is complicated. It's very right. sort of uh, no. So I so I wrote here he that he was her um, first love. Yeah. So I wrote here that it's uh, it's also a bit disturbing in a similar way to Rose in Titanic. That Granny Wendy described standing at the altar wearing a pink satin sash, waiting for Peter to turn up, as if she wanted him to object. But it's the same thing with Rose at the end of Titanic. That she's, uh, you know, she says, "My name's Rose Dawson" on the uh, on the Carpathia when they, when she gets mm-hmm. picked up, and then later on when she dies in her sleep. She's on the Titanic with Jack and what mm-hmm. happened to her husband, her loving husband who was with her for, you know, decades and decades yeah. and gave her children and grandchildren, whatever. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. But it was also interesting because um, he was also still physically a child at that point when she got married. Right. Because she's already an, a, an old lady when uh, when he comes to visit uh, yeah. and Moira's in the bed. Mm-hmm. And it's a grandchild already. So uh, so it's interesting that, uh, you know, she wanted a child to come and object and rescue her from her wedding. <laughs> I mean, it's a complicated relationship. It is a complicated relationship. It's handled very well, but if you start like picking at it, it's uh, you know. Yeah. It, but it, I feel that it just makes it so much more tragic, tragic, realistic. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not realistic. There's nothing about it that's realistic. No, of course right? not. It's a boy a child that never, that never grows, grows up. up. Yeah, exactly. But the but if there was a boy that never grows up and a girl who you know is 
infatuated with him and loves him and he does keep on coming back mm-hmm. and you know because he doesn't feel the passage of time and he forgets you know to go back and see her and then he remembers her and he doesn't know how much time has passed right and at the end of the book you know she has a baby i don't i don't think it's her granddaughter no it's her it's her daughter yeah whose name i can't remember but then her daughter has moira margaret margaret is the little girl yes it's amazing how you were just able to just Remember that off the top of your head. You're, uh, I always loved Peter getting completely hammered. Schnackered. Yeah. And his fight with Tinkerbell mm-hmm. with the rolled up magazine. I just, that scene always makes me happy. It's I don't great. know why. Yeah. It's no, just a great he's scene. He's doing his, because it's again, it's Spielberg's, yeah. you know, uh, awesome pacing. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just extremely and, uh, with traumatic. With John Williams music as well. Extremely traumatic scene. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. Right, there are several parts to it, and mm. it, the the ramp up, you know, is, is yeah. crazy, and then the sort of numbing silence of the police scene, and then him getting completely drunk yep. is a lovely sort of um, you know physical comedy moment for Robin Williams to. Yeah, he's brilliant in this movie. He's yeah. so good. He's very good. Yeah, yeah. He can do, you know, emotional. He can do funny. He can do heroic. Do childlike, which is probably the reason why he was cast. Childlike and heroic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is you. It is a big you. I guess it's not bad that you're big. You were always bigger than me. But now, maybe this means you'll be twice as much fun. Laura! Oh, Peter! What fun we'll have again. What times. What great games. And if less is more, there's no end to me, Peter Pan. Peter Panning. Pan. Panning. Pan. Panning. Well, whoever you are, it's still you. Because only one person has that smell. Smell? The smell of someone who's ridden the back of the wind, Peter. The smell of a hundred fun summers of sleeping in trees, adventures with Indians and pirates. So I have notes about the next thing. Go on. What's your notes? Arr! How are you? Not, Not bad. bad, you? Not bad. All right. <laughs> If you insist on seeing Hook and desire to be alive when you do so, do exactly what I say, Peter. Your left arm is dead and hangs lifeless at your side. Lean on the crutch. Left foot turn in. Tilt your head and glare with your good eye. Now crack your mouth and drool. Now growl. Growl. Are you? So I've written here The Whores in a kids movie. Put your faces on, girl. Here comes Smee. Smee? Smee. Wait, wait, you've jumped ahead. I've written, did he need to really drool? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like just spills out of his mouth. I think you can get them in Armani. (laughs) (laughs) I love Tink sitting in the hat. Yes. It's brilliant. Yep. And then, follow that hook. Follow that hook. Make way for the hook. For the hook. Oh, it was the hook. So good. Oh, okay. It was the hook. That scene. The revelation of the entire the set. Oh my God. The set design. So I tell you, in 4K HDR, there's a certain look to the movie. And as soon as he rips the, the, the fabric yeah. of that sheet and reveals the clock and the crocodile and the, mm-hmm. the, the enormity of the set just bursts into color. 
and it's gorgeous. Oh my god. Yeah. I was watching it on a small screen and I was cursing myself that I hadn't found time to watch it on the big screen because mm-hmm. that whole thing where they're following Smee with the hook yep. and the music and the way that everyone's chanting behind him and they're doing the hook yep. sort of hooked finger thing mm-hmm. behind him and like, you know, the, the sick of it's, it's very clever because it also gives you a sense of geography. Boyden. Yeah. Yeah. It's introducing this He's whole He's showing off the set. set. Yeah. It's gorgeous. You've got people doing flips. You've got people coming down <laughs> ropes. You know, really Pirates of the Caribbean sort of ride thing. Yeah. Um, and it's the colors are so vibrant. And yeah. The ship design, the, the skeleton holding out the cutlass. Yep. 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 Is just the. And I. I haven't seen this in years. So in years, that in was years, a big criticism that it sideways. felt very setty. No. What are you talking about? Nowadays, they just do everything like you right. know, CG or on right. this. Like, you have you seen any of the more recent Peter Pan adaptations? Yeah. Where everything's on yeah, like yeah, this yeah. CG backdrop and all that. Yeah. It's so artificial. Hook is so substantial. Like you can reach out and you can feel it, and you can right. tell this is made of wood, and this is, mm-hmm. and it's ah. It's so good. And also, the characters can interact with it, and that gives you this depth, because as you get that shot, such a good shot, where Smee is holding the pillow, right, with the hook on it, and they're all following him up the sort of, um, what's it called, the ramp? The, gal- the, the gang. The ga- gangway. <laughs> going up the sort of ramp stair up to a, One second. Ramp up to a ship. What is the ramp onto a ship called? A ramp. oh my goodness so they're going up the ramp (laughs) and you've got this like they're all sort of like silhouetted and and they're going up and you've got people coming down in the foreground as the camera pans right and you know people doing flips off of barrels and it's just so much depth to it Mm -hmm. it's a real place it's so it's so impressive to look at and i loved watching it See how greatly the men favour you, sir. The puling spawn, how I despise them. See how greatly the men favour you, sir. The puling spawn, how I despise them. Go get them, Captain! Yes. 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 So, one thing thing I noticed this time round was that Dustin Hoffman is really working those teeth. The whole performance is incredible. It's it's really something. It's very big, very hammy, and just wonderful. But it's great. Yeah, I um, think one of my favorite villains. Who amongst us does not belong? And who didn't believe I could do it? Who doubted me? Who amongst us does not belong? Someone here does not belong. Stranger amongst the loyal, I will weed you out. You. You. Yes. Where's the carpets, me? Oh, sorry. No, no, not you. Yeah, where's the carpets? I've written here. <laughs> sorry, sir. <laughs> First of all, the rolling carpet thing. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Okay, I just love it so. Much. I like it when he drops his voice. When he's he's he always like has this thing where he's yeah, where he's kind of like muttering to yeah, Smee or muttering to himself. The carpets, I just I love all that. The, the, the next thing I've written here is it's very very weird that Glenn Close is in drag. You bet against me bringing Pan back here, didn't you? No. Ah, oh, tell your captain the truth. 
say it. Say it. I did. Yes, you made a boo-boo. I did. Mm. I did. The boo box. No, 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 the boo box. Yeah. Glenn Close being a drag, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I just wrote, I did. I just wrote, I, I did. did. I did. It's very weird. I don't know why that's there, but you anyway. Um, yeah, the other, you the, the other thing up. is, I think that there's a there's a lot of shut him up. There's a lot of improv here that they're just kind of like playing off each other. And he's he's guys. Are you trying to do me out of a job? What's the matter with you? <laughs> is Peter flying, flaming, flocking, flying, flying, flying. You trying to do me out of a job, right? What's the matter? May I show you something? Will you let go of me just one second? Please, please. Him. Thank you. Please. May I show you this? Will you shut him up? I'll flog what? off. As a flogging loolie. Yeah, I've written that. That's a flogging loolie. You read that's a, that's a flogging loolie? Yeah, no, literally, it's right yeah. there. Um, but the I love Peter pulling his eye patch across his face. Did you notice that? Yeah, he changes from one eye to the other, and it's in over his glasses. Hook. In front of her, it's over his glasses. Brilliant. I love him getting the gun out I, oh. to blow up the uh, the checkbook. Yeah, oh, and the guy who like, dies in like, the background. Such a funny. Come gag. on, Peter, pick up your weapon. Oh, come on, Peter, pick up your weapon. All right. How much? And then the guy, and the that, guy oh, falls in the oh, background. Just the no, it's, I love so how good. his arms fall, <laughs> and then he just like holding. sort of planks down, <laughs> straight down. <laughs> Such a great gag. Uh, Anybody who says Spielberg can't do comedy rubbish. is talking bollocks. So then, then there's that awesome moment. Like, just there's going to be so much quoting Dustin good. Hoffman's lines in this movie. Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins. But there's that moment where uh, where Peter starts climbing up the mast. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Can someone give me a hand?" Come and give me a hand. I already have. Okay, so there was something horrifying about this as well because the the kids are being held in a net. Yeah. I felt that I could definitely see myself in a situation where I have to save my kids and it's high up and I would freeze because I'm really right. scared of heights. Right, it's a, it's, a, it's a very universal... Peter Pan but has the, a real problem with heights. But the, the, the daughter, Maggie, she says... Come on, Daddy, Mommy could do it. Also not designed to help him in, in right, any way right, 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 right. but yeah. like something a kid would say and and it, it was it was really hard to watch did you notice that in this scene there's a setup that pays off later on in the movie that no. pirate that goes <laughs> he gets uh thudbutt um thwacks that plank up into his balls mm. in the uh in the finale and he goes yeah, yeah, and falls that's over. Him. Yep. And then there's that whole exchange between Tinkerbell and Hook that is just brilliant. I love that the hook whole shake. the hook shake. I love that whole exchange there where he's That is not Pam. Yeah, all of that stuff. This. You promised people the war of the century. Your whole life has been building to this moment. Mortal combat, glory. Hook versus Pan! That is not Pan. Two days. Four. Bare minimum for a decent pan. Three. Final offer. Done. And you better deliver, Miss Bell, or no amount of clapping will bring you back from where I will send you. They probably weren't even on set at the same time, but they, they play weren't. off each other very, very well. And then that moment where he gets knocked into the sea off the plank. Yeah. 
Oops. Yeah. Oops. In three days, we're going to have a war. A battle between good and evil. To the death. Yeah! Tell me if you if you agree with me or not. Mm-hmm. But I've written here, those mermaids are far too sexy for this movie. I wrote I could have done without the mermaid scene. I think that they're imperative in getting him from the yeah. pirate ship to the Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, I like how he gets to the Lost Boys from them. It just goes on a little long. Right. That's all. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I've written here that there are some... Odd- I loved it. What? <laughs> but I loved it anyway. You loved it? There are some odd choices when it comes to the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that just generally, like, there's a there's a, a a section of the movie where the movie starts to go a little bit off the rails. Wait, wait. So before the Lost Boys, yeah. I love that establishing shot where he gets where to he the climbs top up on the rock and you see all of Neverland. All of Neverland, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was really cool. And then he slides into this sort of snowy snow. Yeah, this snowy oh. kind of area, and then he lands in like this sort of. Lord of the Fliesy kind of area where the Lost Boys have sort right. of taken over. So you're really seeing like the sh- how quickly the island shifts in imagination and in in a, a sort of toy box. You know, yeah. like the the way it's, it's like a together. child's mind. Just love it. I, yeah. I fucking love it. What are you? What's your problem with the Lost Boys section where I... they're where they're chasing him? I want to speak to a grown up. All grown ups are pirates. Excuse me. We kill pirates. I'm not a pirate. So happens, I am a lawyer. Kill the lawyer! I'm not that kind of lawyer. I feel like there are some oddly placed '90s references in there: skateboarding and you know the the mohawk and okay. all that kind of stuff. Those are things that I sort of relate to my childhood in the 90s that were very sort of prevalent at the time. Okay, and I find it to be slightly out of place in. In the movie, but also specifically in, ne- in Neverland, there's that 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 sort of skate ramp. They go up and yeah. down the skate ramp. Oh my! I, yeah. A wall. Oh my! A wall. The uh, the basketball. There are just some odd choices in there that I just find like, you know, strange, and I and I'm not sure how they got there. And Rufio in general is uh, is is a bit weird to me. I don't know why. I I find that he's just sort of like he's a, he's a concoction for this movie. I don't think he's in any of the books or mm-hmm. anything. But yeah, I've, I find him to be just sort of slightly at odds with the rest of it. I can't quite tell what his deal is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Don't obviously, really have a problem with it. obviously, his deal is that he wants to be the pan. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I I don't know. There's a there's a sort of, there's an attitude and a and a way about him and his He's... design. It's more it's less about the the character himself and more about the the uh, the series of choices that led up to his creation. I'm trying to figure out trying to reverse engineer it and figure out how they got there. Basically. Well, I mean, on a story sort of on a story angle, I kind of read it that these are the sort of the next next generation of lost boys okay. because you know lost boys are constantly falling out of their perambulators when the nurse is looking the other way um no no what was that? <laughs> the bbc audio drama of peter pan oh okay no i don't remember that yeah but go on yeah. um they're constantly being taken to neverland or they're right. ending up in neverland mm-hmm. and i would think that as you know they're sort of Ooh. bringing with them the games and the sort of Tink is just uh, this serial kidnapper, basically. She rescues them. 
rescues. You not see the baby in the rain later on in the movie? Yeah, but she that's... She puts a leaf over its Apparently head. Apparently he did that himself. You want to tell me that the baby knocked over the pram? Well, that's what the voiceover says. We don't actually see it. So I, I ran think, away. I think a tramp did it. Tramp saw baby in a pram, knocked it over. You mean the dog? No, a tramp. Oh, not not the tramp. Not the tramp. He's right. on holiday. Right. Or he hasn't right. been born yet. Or he's dead. <laughs> right. One of those. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. What were we talking about? Yeah. No. I just uh, there's a there's a lot of like Reveal. okay that that whole sequence is uh it, it's got good bits and bad bits for me. Um, I like the flowers. <gasps> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, shh, 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 shh. Um, just, I don't know how much of that was just Williams just sort of improvising with, you know, playing around with things. But uh, yeah. And there's the uh, the paintball things that everything's covered in the, multicolored paints. Yeah. The, the, they sort of, you know, shoot him with suction cups or whatever. Yeah. Apple and shot. <laughs> Oh, there you are, Peter. Yeah, so I wrote, um, oh, there you are, Peter. I also wrote um, that his sort of smiling at all of the boys coming and crowding him is very sweet. Yeah. Oh, there you are, Peter. There's so many sweet moments in the movie yeah. and it's all done so earnestly and I, I just, you know, I love how they're going from, from sort of bullying him one minute to sort of best friends the next minute and it's it's kind of like the changing winds of the child's mind, yeah. you know, like it, it is that way with children as well. The next thing I've got is uh, a piffy what? A piffy what? <laughs> a piffy what? I wrote a piffy what? It's me. I've just had a sublime vision. <laughs> All the jagged parts of my life have, have come together to form a complete and mystical whole. An epiphany. Epiphy what? Hook's suicide attempt. Does that mean you've lost your appetite? Oh, that's just great. Don't try to stop me this time's me. Don't ever try to stop me this time's me. Don't try to stop me this time's me. Don't you dare try to stop me this time's me. Try to stop me. It's me. Better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming, Captain. This is not I'm a coming, joke. Worry, I'm committing suicide. Oh, don't ever frighten me like that again. What are you, some kind of sadist? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How do you feel now? I want to die. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. It's me. You better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. I'm oh, coming. Me. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. Well, I'm some kind of a sadist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How's you feel now? I want to die. Oh, no, no, no. There's no adventure here. You call this no adventure? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a flogging Luli. Right, yeah, I also Luli. wrote that. I wrote yeah. that's a flogging Luli. Yeah. Uh, the wax moustache. <laughs> the wax moustache. The the shoe drawer. <laughs> the when he when he brings him at Rock. Goodbye, Captain. On the treetop, and he kicks the helm with it, <laughs> that spins around and brings the bed down. Oh it's genius. Just that so whole good. sequence is brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Oh, and then not again. You getting dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how he's like attacking that leg the of food. lamb. I love how he's like taking a bite of everything yes. as it goes onto the plate. And then, and then, that, then there's the training yeah, sequence. The training sequence, yeah. So I liked it. I notice here that Robin Williams suddenly, not suddenly, but for the first time in the movie, I noticed that his trademark monkey hairiness is all gone. Oh. And apparently they, they, they shaved, shaved him. him. Yeah. All up the arms, all over the chest, like that moment where they're sort of painting him to uh, yeah. to to fire him it. in the slingshot. Um, and the other thing I noticed is that um, he suddenly loses all of his belly fat. Yep. Like in three days. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Neverland. Yep. It's Neverland. Everybody say grace. Bless this, O Lord. Grace. Okay, so the food fight is um, is uh, the pl- is first of all the food is made of plasticine, which is interesting. <laughs> the insults that they hurl at each other. Math tutor. Oh my god. Some of that stuff is hilarious. It's so the, good. Substitute chemistry teacher. Come on, Rubio, hit a mat. Mong tongue. Math tutor. Pinhead. Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre chewed food, dude. Paramecium brain. <laughs> I'll tell you what's a paramecium brain. That's a paramecium brain. <laughs> Rufio trying to come back at him and he just goes, You man, you, 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 you man, stupid, stupid, man. stupid, stupid man. You man, stupid, stupid man. Rufio, Rufio. It's like cheering himself up because yep. no one is. <laughs> Indeed. Which, don't you feel a little bad for him in that moment? Just a little bit. No, not really. No, I did. No, I no. felt, well, you know, well, he just wants a, to be the most. Not a big fan of Rufio. I sort of felt a little bit bad for Rufio. And then, you know, the, the food fight and then he throws the coconut and, yeah. you know, his memory sort of muscle memory kicks in pieces and he slices the coconut in two. And there's this great moment. And I love Robin Williams because he's just such a fantastic actor where Mm. he's looking at it and he's, he's remembering something and he's still not ready. And he just drops the sword. Right. It's so well done. He's brilliant. Hey, can the man catch this? Did you not feel in the lesson scene? Sorry, I'm jumping back yeah, a bit. Yeah, Did fine. you not feel that when he's saying these things, which as parents, sometimes you tell your kids stories because you want to shut them up and get them to sleep? No, child. I think your mother raised you every night in order to stupefy you to sleep so that she and daddy could sit down for three measly minutes without you and your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive, and nagging demands. He took my toy. She hit my bear. I want a potty. I want a cookie. I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Now, now, now. (sighs) Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up. 
and conk you out. I think it comes from a different place, though. He's uh, he's twisting the truth. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, but but it, he's... I want them to go to sleep because they're exhausted. Like my son will rub his eyes and yawn and go, "I'm not tired." I want them to go to sleep because when they get past a certain time, yeah. they become impossible, mm-hmm. and it's like it's their time to sleep, and I need a break, right? So there is an element of that, but the way that he then twists it to, to they don't love before you. your parent before you were born, they were happier, right. they were free, and she says, "You're a bad man," yeah. right? Is so. Oh, it made me. Please don't say these things to her. Yeah. Maggie, before you were born, they were happier. They were free. You're a bad man. Smee flunk the maggot. Absolutely. The Clocky Museum. Mm. There is a moment there mm-hmm. where Sai shed a tear. You got a bit emotional. I did. When when when, when Jack starts crying. When Jack starts crying. Mm-hmm. When he says to him, you know, he didn't he, try. He couldn't save you, and he says, "You wouldn't." And just play the clip. Jack, for a father who didn't save you on the ship. You wouldn't save us. Who couldn't save you, Jack? Oh, he he wouldn't. He didn't even try. He was there. We were there, and he wouldn't try. Jack, he will try. And the question will be, when the time comes, do you want to be saved? The child actor is the kid from Dick Tracy. Charlie um, Cosmo, yeah. He gives such a an honest performance, performance mm-hmm. there. And it's like, you can tell that he felt really let down by him. Yeah. Which then is earned back again mm. later in the movie. I just really, I don't know, shed a tear yeah. for that. So it's a great it's scene. It's a very, very it's good scene. scene. But also I like how Hook is kind of comforting him, even sticking up for mm-hmm. Peter in that scene. Um, he wasn't sticking up for him. That's not how, what, when he says he couldn't save you. He couldn't save you. But he, he, that he, that he did try that he wanted to, but he couldn't. That's not how I read him saying couldn't. I read it as him saying he was weak, right? He couldn't save you. And that Jack was saying he wouldn't, he didn't want to, which is, you know, two different ways of looking at it. Neither of them are really the whole truth. I got from it that he was, he was almost like playing good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Playing both sides that he's saying that, um, that, you know, your father loves you and he, he absolutely would have tried, but do you want to go with him? If, uh, you know, if he, mm-hmm. if he, when he comes to save you that like, you know, he, he does believe that Peter is who he's, who he's, who he, he believes he is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, the fact is that Peter doesn't believe it mm-hmm. at, at that point in the movie, like earlier. So I, I think that, uh, that there's a, a sort of rare moment of, uh, of, of tenderness there that Hook is showing, which is obviously highly calculated and with sinister motives. Um, that I just find that that the that the performance in general is very layered, layered in that way. Yeah. It makes you wonder about you know because obviously uh, Hook has uh, mummy issues and all that stuff. It makes you wonder what his backstory is. That it's not fully explained, but it's hinted at. Yeah. Um. It's it's just very very interesting to kind of pick that apart. And again, we're it's talking about a movie. That we both watched the same movie, and we got two completely different things from that. Right. Scene. I I think that what's interesting about it is the people write it off as one of Spielberg's duds, 
but at the same time that as i said before there's so much thought behind it that um mm. that it's just it's impossible to write it off as as now but a dud i i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that opinion at all and then he also says to him in this very manipulative way don't you answer now I want you to be what you want to be. I want to give you the agency that your father can't give you. Right. Or doesn't want to give you. And Mm. it's really sinister. Yeah. Now, don't you answer now. No, 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 no. Now it's time to be whatever you want to be. Put behind you any thoughts of home in that place of broken promises. Yeah. It's great. Even more so the baseball game. Yeah. In the middle of Neverland. Which again, violent same, sport. Yeah, was, same thing that uh, that that irked me about the Lost Boys sequence is it's kind of a modern uh, thing that's just kind of out of place in in Neverland, which is supposed to be kind of timeless and yeah. Uh, but again, like I think that you know the kids bring with them the things that they remember yeah. from home, and so Jack has taught them about baseball right. and how it's supposed to be played. It's not like they know it. Yeah. Um. So you know he says that he wants to have a successful game of baseball and they right. make that happen for him, mm-hmm. which is again, it's the manipulation. Right. The next thing that I've written here, confounded Drusilla glove me. The game is about to start. Confounded Drusilla glove me. The game is about to start. And then my bubble. Oh, the, uh, the sort of, uh, yeah, she takes orgasmic pleasure in unlocking the hook. And I just thought to myself, Fuck me, this is a you. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. Steady on. I went to see the movie with my I sister. Love, I love that they had pirates' uniforms made for the baseball game. They got hats with skulls yep. on them and everything. Yep. Uh, it's... Smee's outfit. It's little written, detail. I wrote here somewhere. Hang on. Yep. Smee's outfit. Period. Brill. It's yes. great. What yeah. Is, yeah. Just that yeah. And then, you know, his sort of like baseball moves. Yeah. That whole that whole thing that whole sequence just kind of gave me a little bit of a shiver. Mm. Like I mean, the the sequence with in general with Hook trying to turn the kids against their father is one thing. That's my uh, boy. But the baseball my game Jack. is when is when his his sort of evil plan kind Starts of clicks working. into place, and uh, and he's my boy. He's like in Neverland. Neverland makes you forget, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is we're seeing this happen in real time with Jack. Um, it's just a very well, um, a very well, uh, yeah. And Robin Williams plays that sort of heartbreak really well. My Jack. My Jack. My Jack. He sort of walks away and pulls off his costume. And, but, but the thing is, is that you could have seen him go into sort of a depression, but it makes him more determined than ever. Yeah. And also when he's, when he's in that Gotta pirate fly. uniform and he starts jumping off the, off the rocks mm-hmm. and everything, his physique has completely changed already. Yeah. Um, and then there's another bit with, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> with um, Tink in the, uh, in the sexy dress, mm. um, which I feel is, uh, is another fairly oh, wait, I, hang on. jarring addition. Okay, go on. No, this is important because I mentioned this earlier in the podcast mm-hmm. and I was talking about how relationships sort of percolate through a movie and then right. there's like a... A moment. I like how Jack hits the ball that hits Peter in the head, jogging his memory and merging his two worlds together. Yeah, because his happy thought is Jack. Yeah, but isn't it amazing that from Hook's evil plan, right, is the very thing that is his undoing? Because that's very interesting. The the ball, you know, it flies and it hits him, and and it 
brings the reflection out in the water and suddenly all his memories start slowly flooding back. He has that moment in the tree, which yes, is a little strange with the with the dress, you know, with Tink in the dress. But, yeah. you know, again, she's... In, in, in all media, it's like, you know, Tinkerbell kind of is jealous of Wendy. She has a thing for Peter. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a secret. Right, so, yeah. you know, that, that sort of... Here's her chance. He's an adult, you know. Right. The only difference now is the, between them is that, you know, she's small. Um, That's very, very interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it that way. The mm. Tink thing or the, the baseball thing? All of the above. Mm. The Tink thing is, that now that you mention it, yeah... Uh, but the but the baseball thing is like it's a magical sort of force. It sort of reminds me of Dumbledore's speech in Harry Potter about love. Mm-hmm. That it's you know sort of love prevails and mm-hmm. it's the strongest force that there is in the world. And the the baseball is kind of representative of that. I think the baseball has a lot of significance in the movie. It's the thing that Peter is most afraid of when he's banging it against the yeah. window. You're it's afraid you're going to misses. be sucked out it's the game that he misses and it's the very thing literally jack hits his father over the head and says remember me remember that i'm your remember, son and that i remember exist remember why that you, you love me remember why you came to the real world in right. the first place i know why i came back i know why i grew up i wanted to be a father i'm a daddy i wanted to be a dad right you know sorry he's not I'm a daddy he's yeah. not coming I wanted to be a dad, but like you know, he he yeah. sort of, you know, his whole motive. He then recalls inside the treehouse, Wendy used to sit in this chair, but she used to right, sit over yeah. there, and you know all that stuff. And he sees his teddy and remembers his childhood in the early 1900s, right. and you know how mm-hmm. he's taken to Neverland and how he meets Wendy, and then when she's older and he sees Moira and he falls in love with her immediately and he kisses a sleeping girl. Put the rape aside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that moment where Tink sees him through the window is, is yeah. you know, heartbreaking for her. Her yeah, story in yeah. the movie is, is extremely sad anyway, yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. to the end. Even to the point where he then remembers holding his son for the first time, and that's his happy thought. And do you know what gave me the most chills about that whole thing? What? Is where she goes, hold that happy thought, Peter, and he stops. And then he sort of gives a mischievous sort of piece right. of panty look to the camera. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. he's back. Mm-hmm. I got it. I found it. <laughs> you lost it. Just hold that happy thought, Peter. Oh. So good. And then the flying upwards and the music and then that awesome visual effects shot which we will talk about in the, right. in the attic but still right. amazing he's rediscovered his innocence mm-hmm. which no adult will ever do right and so he he even needs there's still more work that so needs to be done yeah. which is in the next scene right with tink when she gets at big the, at the treetop when she gets big you know, he sort of remembered his childhood mm-hmm. and then regressed yeah. into that place. Right. And now she's she's of kind play. of making these moves on him with in a sexy dress that he He doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to respond to, but which then is probably the same him, as what, what would have happened back in the day when he was actually a child. Yeah. But then when she kisses him Yeah. He remembers Moira. Yeah. And that sort of brings his two worlds together. Right. But it's still all driven. And then he remembers by Jack. that he has to go and rescue Jack and Maggie. Yeah. Isn't and it then, interesting how the yeah. pirate theme mm-hmm. 
is just a sort of more sinister version <laughs> of the flying. No, no, no. You'll find the two tracks and yeah. you'll put them one next to the other. But you've got the flying track, which is full of wonder. <laughs> It's playful, it's more bouncy, it's exciting, it's adventurous. And then you've got the more sort of like slower, deliberate, almost yeah. imperial marchy version of that song, right. which is very kind of... It's not the pirate music, it's the sort of dangerous part of the adventure. Pirate music is the music that you hear when they're carrying the hook. Yeah. That's sort of the, the hook theme. Yeah. But there, there are a few, like, hero themes. That bit where he goes, just you. You got me, James Hook. And the Avenger is back. And, and the Hulk is waiting. Peter Pan. Uh, yeah. So, Great uh, movie. I uh, love, I love that he... How did you manage to fit in those smashing tights again, Peter? How did you ever manage to fit into those smashing tights again, Peter? I love how he cuts out a perfect cutout of himself yeah. in the sale. Although the hole that he leaves behind is in no way in that shape. Well, it couldn't, it couldn't be... It couldn't be. You can see that the uh, that the sail kind of droops mm-hmm. where the arms are uh, kind of folded, mm-hmm. and you can see obviously there's the uh, there's the in between yeah, so bits. much detail as well, yeah, and his hair as well. The yeah, hair bits, yeah, it's yeah, crazy well, how much time he had to do that. Well, if you can Save believe, your kids, you motherfucker. Can believe a man can fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> in tights. It, I also wrote here that it looks like he did a lot of stunts because yeah. there are a lot of flips and things like that that don't look like they were done by a stuntman. It looks like Robin Williams. And also, as I said, we'll talk about this in the attic Mm -hmm. or in the dungeon or in the Mm -hmm. basement or whatever the hell you're calling it nowadays. Some of the effects, even though they look dated, I was watching them in 4K. You can see the join, but I'm going, some of these things, the way that they were able to achieve them look ingenious. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, going all the way back to the beginning, there's the, uh, the big legs when Tink is sitting on, is standing on Peter's chest. Yeah. And you can see these big mounds of of black that look like the the trousered legs that are kind of moving and i never really noticed that before but uh but obviously because she's tiny you have to have something huge in the background to make it look like his legs there's a lot of that kind of splattery home alone kind of yeah home alone grossness with the eggs and the But it's not all kiddie-friendly fighting because he's running pirates through left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maggie appears to have been held prisoner with a bunch of other, other children. kidnapped yeah, I've kids. Written that here as and well. I've what written here, um, dark much? But whose are these other children? Yeah, exactly. Boys? I don't. Perhaps I don't know, but it looks uh, it looks fairly dark. And then there's the other the other bit with I I don't know. You you, you give me some of yours now, because I'm I already did. I said I uh, already Hulk, have. Hook is waiting, Peter. Okay, so and then I've I've written here. Hey, ain't you? Peter Pan. Ah! Wait! Ain't you? Peter Pan. Ah! 
something that I... Can we talk about the the crazy man who wants to kill children? Which which one's that? Hook. Oh, Hook is the crazy man who wants to kill children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so this is the thing. I've written here, Rufio's death, over the top for a kid's movie like this. But then again, it was the 90s. I think that you needed a reason to have Peter not just be able to leave. Right? I mean, I mean, there's a, there is a precedent for it. it look, it, for me, it's very strong and it's kind of jarring in a way to against all of the sort of... Kiddiness of it. Yeah. The U-rated, um, you know, sort but of kiddie isn't it, fighting Isn't it tactic. amazing, though, that they put that in there oh, in, sure, a, in a movie that's all about, like, play and about games and yeah. how to the kids it's all a game and even the, the fighting, you know, with the... Then it's suddenly very, very serious. Now that he remembers who he was, there's these two versions versions of himself, within himself. Right. That, you know, he has to... When you're a kid, right, and you're sort of growing up, you have to kind of learn how to take things seriously, mm-hmm. right? And I think that sometimes a slap in the face is what makes that happen. Right. That was a slap in the face. You see how he slows down, the wind sort of ruffles his hair. He, yeah. You know, he, he, it's, it's effective. Yeah. There's one moment here that gave me kind of a shiver up my spine mm. which was I vow that always be daggers bearing notes yeah. I'm James Hook Peter I swear to you wherever you go wherever you are I vow there will always be daggers bearing notes I'm James Hook they will be flung at the doors of your children's children's children do you hear me He's, um, it's basically Spielberg is saying it's to the in, death. In, in, in all terms, like he killed Rufio and you gave him another chance. Yeah. And he flies away because his kids say just, you know, he's a mean old man who doesn't have a daddy. A mommy. A mommy, yeah. And he flies away with them and then he yeah. wants his war. I think that Pan just realizes in that moment that he is going to have to kill him. Right. Put up your swords, boys. It's hook of me this time. You better die, Peter. To die would be a great adventure. Death is the only adventure you have left. So the sword fight, I've always loved this sword fight. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Errol Flynn Basil Rathbone shadows the sparks flying off the, the swords. sparks flying off the swords Peter doing that backflip which mm-hmm. I always like it makes me wonder how long exactly uh, Spielberg waited to do something like that in the same way that I watch West Side Story and I go this is a man living out his, mm, his, his one fantasies. of his dreams the sword fight I think is something that he's probably wanted to do for a long time definitely the clocks They all bring out the clocks. Tick tock, tick tock. Hook's afraid of an old dead clock. Now. Yes. Hook's afraid to die. Hook's afraid That's... of time. Hello. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Hook's afraid of an old dead clock. I did not. I think James Hook's afraid of time. Ticking away. Oh, but it's the same thing though. He's saying I Hook's always afraid thought... of time ticking away. He's afraid of getting old. Yeah. He's... That's the whole thing though, isn't it? Like, oh shit, you've just, you've, wow, you've changed it for me. You've changed it. Hook's afraid of time. Ticking, ticking away. away. Why would you say Hook's afraid to die ticking away? I always miss the ticking <laughs> away. Right. Because I'm just like, wow, it's interesting. Yeah. Because it's, it's, no, this, but then, but then he reveals why that he's he much older than he looks. Yeah. Ex- oh, it, all, it all sort of falls into yeah. play. I watched yeah. it twice. It shows as well. that Hook has an insecurity 
that is nothing to do with the crocodile and nothing to do with the with the clocks it's to do with the fact that he's getting older and what he envies of peter pan is the fact that he, he could always grow, stay yeah. stay young um, really interesting insight but then you see that when hook's wig goes flying off and then he says to him give me my dignity good form peter i am fallen Give me my dignity. You took my hand. You owe me something. I never quite understood what happened here in the in this final bit with the crocodile. It, crocodile comes back to life for some reason. Always been a mystery to me. The uh, dead crocodile that has a clock the in its mouth. The taxidermied The taxidermy, the stuffed crocodile. Who stuffed him? Who made him into a quiet clock? The jaws of the crocodile fall around Hook, basically. And when then Hook disappears. kind of jumps up into its mouth and disappears um and i never i never quite understood and then the obviously the dead crocodile has a digestive system it burps yeah i want my mommy yeah so i'm not quite sure why but it Me just is. it is yeah it just <laughs> is the problem is spielberg never talks about this movie so i'll never get any answers right <laughs> why does he never talk about this movie he, he disowned it he doesn't like it well, I think that's a shame. It is a shame. Because it's, it's one of my favorites. I think that the, the Temple of Doom is a similar kind of situation. He doesn't like Temple of Doom. I love it. But uh, he talks about it a lot more because it's within the uh, the series of Indiana Jones, whereas Hook is a standalone, so it's easier to kind of Do you think he it. doesn't like it because it wasn't well-received? Not because he doesn't I like it. I don't know. I think that, look, there, if you look at it objectively, mm. there are some tonal issues here and there. And some decisions that were lampooned and ridiculed at the time, uh, yeah. and there is a there is a great big dollop of cheese all yeah. over the top of it. So I think that Spielberg is kind of embarrassed in the same way that I might be embarrassed of something that I did ten years ago or something. It could also be to do with the experience he had making it, which wasn't great. Yeah, I really um, hope that he knows just that how there are many people, people that love, people it. love it. Yeah, that, that it's got a cult following. It does. Yeah. Uh, but I hope that he's able to appreciate that because, you it's know... It's still the I, best Peter Pan movie that's... Uh, yeah. Like, I I like it more than any of the live actions yeah. and even the cartoon. I was going to say the in the live action pantheon, but, like, the the cartoon is classic, but uh, but it has its issues as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the... I, I just I think it's a I very often good... think about, you know, other writers... You know, things like that, like, you know, books mm -hmm. that sort of weren't appreciated until, uh, you know, posthumously and right. people died or something. And it's like, you know, it's always sad when you think that the artist didn't know how much something was appreciated. Like, I, I watched this movie twice in a row. It's a long yeah. movie. Yeah. That's a commitment. It's too And you have, yep. to, you have to really like it. Yeah. And I really like it. And that mm. cheese is like... Tasty. It just goes really well on top of all that gorgeous meat. Right. I also wrote here, just realized that the blonde lost boy is the kid who plays Luke in The Witches. Grandma! She can't hear you. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when the leaf flies in and lands on Moira, mm -hmm. you can see the fishing line attached to it. <laughs> I didn't notice. On well, the phone, 4K, you 4K. Um, I've, I actually wrote here that I think the kids getting into bed to frighten Moira is the meanest thing they could have thought of. I know her. 
It's like, what did they think? It scared the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Bob Hoskins is the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Having trouble with the missus? Having trouble with the missus? You will have by the time you get home. <laughs> it does give it a kind of, it was all a dream quality. Yeah, but then there are things that... Uh, like tink. Well, there's Tink. There's Tootles flying off. Yeah, sure. Out the window in front of everybody. Moira I mean, just doesn't, you know, ask any questions about that. No, but I, I mean, it's there's there is that kind of oh maybe it was a dream and you know I can't fly anymore. And like, well, no, fairy dust. Well, otherwise, I'm fly <laughs> up. Why? Listen, I'd love to chat, but I'm gonna climb a drain pipe right now. Why? Because I ran out of fairy dust. If not, I would have flown up. Why? <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I, I do I like that kind of ambiguity, but it's then completely shattered by the fact that you know Tink's there and Tootles flies I don't off want into that ambiguity. To I wanted it to be real so bad. Well, there it is. It is real because yeah. you know. It, it, no, it is. It's just that I don't like those. Look, it's really cool that the captain is Dustin Hoffman and that you know the 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 caretaker is Smee mm-hmm. uh, because in all Peter Pan media, you've had. Uh, like for example, well, Jason Mr. Isaac's Darling, playing Mr. Darling is usually, is usually Captain, Hook. Captain Hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, Moody. In the it, also in the in the in all the in all the versions of the play, that's normally the yeah. case. I like the the whole sequence. It's kind of like, first of all, the Christmassy setting uh, kind of reminds me of the end of a Christmas Carol. Okay. With uh, with Scrooge realizing, mm-hmm. you know the family's most important of course they can of course and they he's, can and he's going and he's completely giddy and he's had this like experience that that's mm-hmm. made him you know sort of change his ways and all that stuff yeah so i've written that oh that's funny because i've written, i wrote it here <laughs> i forgot that i wrote it it's kind of like spielberg's version of a christmas carol ghosts of the past come to visit a modern day scrooge who has to m- remember what it is to be young and free again before he can be, he can be reunited with his family on christmas day mm. pretty much that um, the end of the the movie is just so heartwarming. Yep, it's very it's very saccharine but sweet. Swallowed it. Yep, deep throated it. Swallowed it. Lovely. Should we go to trivia corner? Trivia, trivia corner. The kissing couple on the bridge. You know this, don't you? Yeah, the ones that that fly. Mm-hmm. The ones that fly. You know who they are? No. No. You don't know who they are. Okay, no. so this is going to be news to you. The kissing couple on the bridge, who begin to float when some fairy dust lands on them as Tinkerbell takes the unconscious Peter back to Neverland, were in fact played by George Lucas and Carrie Fisher in a cameo. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. You did not know that well. Very good. You learn something new every day. Um, and as you said before, the captain on the Pan Am flight heard over the intercom is indeed Dustin Hoffman doing a British hook accent. And uh, the interesting thing about this is, Babs... Uh, I'd said this to our mother way back in the early 90s when I was watching it on VHS and she poo-pooed the idea (laughs) as if it was the silliest of whimsy a child could conjure. You're such a petty cunt. (laughs) You really are. (laughs) Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Bob Hoskins, who played Smee, uh, would alleviate stress on set by singing various versions of the Lionel Richie hit Hello by including the lyrics... Hello, is it Smee you're looking for? <laughs> of course he did. The word bangarang is actually Jamaican slang for oh, uproar, disorder, or disturbance. I read chaos. Chaos. Yeah. Chaos, the seven gods, of, seven chaos. gods of chaos. 
Steven Spielberg admitted to being disappointed with the final result of the movie. He had such a hard time working with the rebellious crew of young actors that he later said, only somewhat kiddingly, that the experience made him wonder if he wanted to have any more kids. He also felt guilty that he wasn't able to find an economical method to filming the many complex human flight sequences in this movie. However, after Robin Williams' death, Spielberg says he is now thankful he made this movie and that, that was ha- as that was how he met Williams and became good friends with him. It's a little bit of appreciation. That's good. David Bowie turned down the role of Captain James Hook. Mm. That's that's the noise I've come to expect from uh, from one of those uh, bits of trivia. (laughs) Would you like me to alter the noise? Keep doing it because if you alter it, it will shatter my entire world. Composer John Williams and lyricist Leslie Brickhuse had written more songs for this movie. It was originally going to be uh, a musical. They basically cut them and they were never used. Roberts almost put the production into jeopardy when she fled California after her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland was called off. She decided to avoid the press by hiding out in Ireland. A furious Steven Spielberg reportedly threatened to fire her if she didn't return immediately. Mm. Um, If you want to hear more about this, you should listen to the episode of Inside of You where Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland were interviewed. And they talk about this. Interesting. Um, Yeah, but uh, there's a... uh, Because she ran off from her wedding with Kiefer Sutherland with Jason Patrick. So, and they were besties Ooh. and are now besties again. But uh, I can understand that that would have caused a rift. In an interview with Playboy in 2004, Dustin Hoffman recalled his aha moment with Bob Hoskins about their characters being gay. They decided to play their characters as, quote, a couple of old queens because they felt Sir Jay and Barry, Peter Pan's creator, had created them that way. Uh, He said, Bob and I were rehearsing and suddenly we looked at each other and realized it at the same time. We said, these guys are gay and it was fun. Suddenly we rehearsed it that way. Get over, hiss me, give me a foot massage. We went over to Spielberg and he said, this is a kid's movie, but suddenly it made all the sense in the world. They were really good friends. They lived on a ship. They were devoted to each other. Mm -hmm. The teddy bear from Captain Hook's cabin was accidentally given to Julia Roberts by Steven Spielberg when she checked into a hospital for nervous exhaustion. Spielberg realized his mistake the night before he was due to shoot a scene in Hook's cabin, and the prop department had to rustle up a lookalike in a few hours. Eee. Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) According to an interview with People magazine, Roshan Hammond, who plays Thudbutt, reveals that the scene where Peter passes his sword to one of the Lost Boys was improvised. None of the cast knew uh, onto whom he would pass the sword. This is a flowery language. Onto whom uh, he would pass the sword, except for Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg. So the reactions of the boys are genuine. Oh. When Hook enters Wendy's home to kidnap the children, just as Nana the dog is shown, she can be heard barking before waking Tootles. It's possible to hear Nana barking, woof, woof, hoof, hoof. Hook. No. To which Tootles then awakes and starts to say hook. I heard that this time. Oh, interesting. Hook. 
And now we're going to move on to a section of Trivia Corner, which I like to call, Would I Trivia to You? <laughs> One of these trivia is a lie. Oh, good. And we've got three of these because they, they were been, very... Johnny's been looking at compilations of Would I Lie <laughs> to You recently. Um, so I've only got three of these because they were very difficult to come up with. Because okay. I have to come up with two batshit crazy <laughs> pieces of trivia that don't exist. So here we go. Number one. Dustin Hoffman ate crocodile meat for a whole year before shooting began in order to get into character. According to Phil Collins in an interview, Dustin Hoffman was so meticulous that he was present two months before he was actually required to film his scenes, simply so that he could get immersed in the role. And three, Dustin Hoffman slept in his costume for the duration of filming so that he could smell like a pirate. Which of those statements is true? So I'll go over them again. I just want to believe that all of them are true. (laughs) Dustin Hoffman ate crocodile meat for a whole year in order to get into character. Dustin Hoffman turned up two months before he was actually required to film his scenes to get immersed in the role. Dustin Hoffman slept in his costume for the duration of filming so that he could smell like a pirate. I feel like the last one is a bit of a lie. Okay, so you're not going the last one. I don't know. I feel like that's wrong. I don't know. The crocodile one is the right one? No? That's weird, right? That's weird. Johnny? I'm going to give you an answer. Okay. And it is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're See? wrong. The crocodile oh. one is in fact a lie ah. made up by me. The true statement is that uh, he was so meticulous that he was present two months before he was See, required it just to film felt, scenes. It just felt to me like, because I'd seen an interview where he said they didn't have a lot of rehearsal time. So I don't. I, right. d- I didn't think that made sense within the context of but, what but I But can we just appreciate the other two that I came up with? Yeah. Yeah, crocodile meat. I don't know. I was thinking... I was Smell trying like to go, a pirate. I was trying to go in the direction of, it's got to be something batshit. Okay. Right? And I was like, it's got to be one of those two, because that one's too pedestrian. Number two, Julia Roberts was nicknamed Tinkerhell because she was difficult to deal with. Julia Roberts took shrinking pills to get into character. Julia Roberts insisted on being called Tink, even when not on set. I think the first one. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct. Julia Roberts did not take shrinking pills to get into character. because There's no such thing. There's no such thing. (laughs) And, of course, Julia Roberts did not insist on being called Tink, even when not on set. David, you're... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I got a bit carried away there. Number three. Also Julia Roberts themed. You can see why... They're all batshit. Yes. Julia Roberts had padding in her Tinkerbell costume to make her bottom look bigger as an homage to the animated movie from 1953. Because Tinkerbell was often in the air, Julia Roberts had an assistant whose sole responsibility was cleaning her feet. Sole responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Julia Roberts' personal assistant had a standing order to bring her lemon tea every time she rang a small Tinkerbell that she kept on her at all times. Fuck, these are all equally plausible. (laughs) Maybe all, not the feet one. All of those statements are mental. <laughs> all Just of them underlining are the mental. mentalness. <laughs> Every one of those is mental. <laughs> like, there's not one that's normal. It's not your question. I know, I'm just, it's an observation of the mentalness. What was it? It was, the first one was that she needed, well, she, like, had padding she had padding in, in her bum. Yeah, to make her look like Tinkerbell from the, from the animated movie. Second one was that she had a, an assistant whose sole responsibility was cleaning her feet. <laughs> And the third one was she ordered a lemon tea every time she rang a little Tinker Bell that she had with her at all times. 
I'll tell you what my problem is. <laughs> They're all batshit. No, first of all, yeah, but the, the, the second two have little puns in them, which you seem very proud of yourself for, <laughs> which kind of gives you away. Or, or, or to throw is me that off. on purpose? Interesting. <laughs> I'm going to say the first one is the right one. No? That is incorrect. Then let me choose of the other two. I have successfully fooled you. has to be true. Which it, oh my God, is it this, Julia Roberts's Is it feet, feet or the clean, bell? They're feet both mental. Or Julia Roberts' Tinker Bell? They're both fucking bonkers. I don't know. Both. It, neither should be true. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want I'm gonna to believe. I'm going to have to press you for an answer. I really don't want to believe that she had someone cleaning her feet. What a strange obsession. <laughs> Maybe the lemon tea one is the right one. Well, no, I mean, there, there's, a, uh, there's a precedent for it because she was always in the air. So if her feet got dirty, you would see. Say that the bell one's the right one. (laughs) That is incorrect. It's the feet one. one. That somehow is weirder to me than the bell one. (laughs) That was Trivia Corner. Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. (laughs) Hook. Visual effects. Well, we already talked a lot about the sets, so we don't have to talk about that more. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the sets. Yeah. Um, There's some good blue screen work, just mostly because of the way that they have the camera moving or the set move, whatever it is that's like... There's there's parallel movement going the on as motion well. control rig, you think? You know when when they fly down, when he grabs his two kids and they fly down and the camera follows them as they go? And they go in a sort of triangular shape. Yeah. There's yeah. a dynamic movement to the camera, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect from a sort of... You know, blue screen show. So that's interesting because Spielberg talked about it. We read in Trivia Corner that Spielberg talked about how he was unhappy with the with the methods that they used to achieve the flying. But I think some, I don't some know. really I good think flying. It's amazing, work. and there's yeah. there's good wire work, there's good stunt work, and I also you know the 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 main attraction is the the projection onto geometry of the map painting. Right. This gorgeous map painting of Neverland and the way so that they've So can you tell got... me a little bit about how they did that? Because I saw some of that on okay. Corridor Crew, but let I think me, it was a long time ago. Let me explain it. Yeah. So um, mapping, projection mapping is basically taking a 2D image and um, have it mapped or having it be projected onto 3D geometry so that if you were to do subtle camera movements, you would get what's known as parallaxing. Right. Right. So what they did was they had this gorgeous map painting made um, and in order for the flying sequence to have depth to it, they had several layers. They had Robin Williams on a control rig right, right in front of a blue screen. Then you've got kind of what they described as, as cotton uh, to represent the clouds, mm-hmm. right? So there's a layer of that. And then there's the digital elements, which are this map painting projected onto 3D geometry so that when the camera moves, there's a feeling of depth to it. Right. Now, they can't move it from right to left so much because you won't see anything on the other side of it, right? Mm. It's it's still a 2D image that's got 3D... So, sort of like how you would... If you were to sort of put a small cloth over a ball and it would take the shape of that ball, if you were to look around the other side of it, if it was only half draped over it, you'd sort of see, you know, the ball underneath. Like, you, do you know what? Is that a bad example or did I get the point across? The, the, the effect works from certain angles, right? Right, right. So, 
you know, and it gives this, and, and then there's another layer of like extra mist, which they added in afterwards digitally. Mm-hmm. So you've got this, this really fantastically put together shot and him flying down and the camera very subtly moving. You've also got his shadow on the cotton bud clouds, right. which is just such a <clears throat> wonderful addition, which they could have forgotten about and it would have been fine. But his shadow is super important. Just right. Peter Pan's shadow. Anyway, I just, I really love this shot because I think that this is the first time we've seen projection mapping, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, um, possibly. But it it was, it was so cool for me to watch that. And then I was like, I have to know how they did this because I know this is a map painting. This is not 3D, but I noticed there was parallaxing and I was like, I know, I know there's a corridor crew on this and I want to figure this out. And I watched the corridor crew and I was like, that's not enough information for me. Um, so I looked it up some more um, and sort of read about, you know, the visual effects behind it in, uh, uh, I think ILM's website or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they everything that I've just described and the different layers and how they put it together. And this was like six months after they handed in Terminator 2, like the effects. Right. So they went straight from that onto this and it did projection mapping. Isn't that amazing? And think of the innovations that ILM did for Terminator 2. Just like yep. so much innovative technology. So there's a lot of like clever trickery. Yeah. In uh, in how they did this stuff. And it's not like anything new, but it's all done really well. Good uh, good effects. You get a, a ding for, mm-hmm. for effort. Right. A ding for effort. And that is the the end of the weird merry-go-round that is the cavalcade of madness. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was really good. And I loved that movie. Yeah, well, I, I see this. You're <laughs> very excited. <laughs> It's not often that you watch a movie and you immediately go, I want to watch that again. Like yeah. when you were a kid, just yeah. rewinding it and going back to the beginning. Yeah. So I, I, used to, I was but pleased. I, as I said, I used to do that regularly as a kid. Yeah. I used to rewind it and watch it all, all over again. Isn't it amazing that a movie about rediscovering innocence and childhood makes you kind of flashback? Regress. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very telling in, in how effective it is. Anyway, that was very nice. That were fun. That were fun. Please join us next time when we'll be talking about Tantan. Tantan. Be there or be square. Bye. Bye bye. What's our seat number? Absolutely.